Hello, Linux fans, and welcome to another episode of Destination Linux, where we cover Linux news, reviews, and anything else that may be fun or interesting in the Linux world. And I'm Rocco, and this is episode 16 of Destination Linux. Hi, Rob. Hello, Rocco. How are you, buddy? Hey, man. I've been having a late night, but it's all good. <laughs> I was going to ask you if you got any sleep last night. There's, there's, a, there's a story behind that question. There's a story behind that question, but we're going to start with the good news. So, we, Yeah, share that. Well, we officially have or I should say, we now officially have a website. So the website, you can go to listen to the podcast, subscribe, all the links, everything will be there, posted every week, uh, is destinationlinux.org. Which also means, Rob, we have a new email address. Oh, boy. Oh, my gosh. Do you think I can get through it? (laughs) (laughs) Do you recall what that new email address is? I, I believe it was comments at destinationlinux.org. Very so good. The, the .tech is no longer, well, it's there, but it's not going to, the .org is what we're using. So comments at destinationlinux.org. And we'll double check that before we put that in the video notes, of course. <laughs> yes, it, it's already changed. So that's a good thing. Uh, we want to thank Joe from Late Night Linux, Joe Resington, for helping us out with that. He um, did a phenomenal job with getting everything set up and ready and posted, and it looks really good. And like I said, we have the links that everybody needs for the show. You can subscribe to the RSS feed there, and you can also watch the vidcast of it as well on it. So. That's great. So if you're watching this, Joe, we appreciate you, man. Yep. So the RSS feed hopefully just switched right over, and nobody should notice a difference besides maybe a few extra episodes of Destination Linux in their podcast player, which is okay if you want to listen to it again. (laughs) (laughs) That's a possibility. I had a few that showed up as if they were new, you know. Yeah. Uh, when we made the switch, but the good thing is, is they were there. So uh, hopefully, those of you who uh, go through a podcast app, you you didn't miss anything. Yeah, the last fourteen, you have a choice of listening again or marking them all as played. That's right. Just don't miss last week's or no, yeah, last week's episode with uh, Martin Wimpers. Yep. Well, and the one before that uh, with Joe and. Yep. So for sure. All right. Uh, now so, we've got some other news to discuss. We got bad news, Rob. Yeah. Nobody likes bad news. <laughs> no, but... no, no, nobody likes bad news. <laughs> Can we just skip the bad news and go on to the interview? Well, we could, but we need to share it. Just for those of you who uh, go to the Destination Linux YouTube channel, Rocco explained what happened because you were dealing with it all night long. Well,. Last night, um, one of the videos, actually the video with Joe, got flagged for violating community guidelines. So it didn't give an explanation of why. It just got removed. I got a message saying that the video was flagged, and after review, they agreed that it violated community guidelines, and they removed it. Wow. No, No 
specific issue of what was violated, but they definitely they definitely said it violated community guidelines. I have no idea why. If you would quit cussing like a sailor, Rocco, that I'm, may help us out. Man. I'm telling you, this is if I would just stop doing that stuff, it would be it would be great. But anyway, it was within maybe five more minutes. Two other videos got flagged. AJ Rising and um, the chat we had with Matt got flagged and removed. So we basically had now the two sec the two that came in later, they got flagged together, so they almost came in as one strike. So we had now two strikes against our channel within five minutes and could basically do nothing about it. So I did appeal each one of those, and within minutes, they were back up. The videos were back up. But then our channel is now flagged, so we can no longer update or upload videos that are longer than 15 minutes. And according to the channel description, we can no longer upload videos at all. I haven't tried yet to do that, but it's a... It's a whole messed up situation. I've heard many horror stories of YouTubers getting this problem, and I just don't understand why there can't be some transparency in what's going on. Well, when you first told me about this, and you were dealing with this all night long, Rocco, I was fast asleep. I was sawing logs while you were dealing with all of this, so I had no idea this was going on. So initially I thought, okay, we got caught up in some of YouTube's new changes, and you know there are tons of articles online where big-time YouTubers have had a lot of their content pulled out of the blue with, like you said, kind of no real explanation. But then you explained to me how two of them were flagged almost simultaneously, which then leads me to think, okay, is somebody targeting us for some reason? Because if you go back and you look at our content, I can't imagine where any of the content in those three videos would have violated anything. The only thing, well, I have my, I have my suspicions that it's just... It seems to me that somebody, maybe an individual, started flagging videos. And I, like I said, I don't know exactly why. I mean, you can only speculate. And I don't want to sit here and speculate until we know exactly for sure. Because yeah. then we'll get this one flagged and taken down. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Well, hope, hopefully we haven't uh, gotten into a pattern with this or anything like that. And hopefully soon we'll be able to uh, be able to upload so well next week if you don't see a well we'll hopefully we'll be able to upload at least a 15 minute video so if at all next week you don't see the main episode of destination linux we may be able to upload a video stating hey we haven't been able to get the video and we'll give you right. a link to, to look at it or to watch it or whatever i'll have to upload it somewhere else yeah but well, we'll figure it out one way or another We'll figure it out. And I saw a comment the other day from someone who had had some issues on YouTube. Um, and they said, you know, it's really a shame that YouTube sort of has a monopoly on this whole thing. I mean, there are other channels that do what YouTube does, but not at the magnitude. You know, it's not uh, at the level of people no. that, that are watching YouTube. I mean, there's just no comparison. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's move on from the bad news and let's talk about good news. We've got a guest this week and uh, we enjoy our guest. 
Uh, this has been fun having guest after guest. They're much more interesting than, than I am. Rocco, you're more interesting than I am as well, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's debatable. But, Rob, who is our guest this week? So we have um, a great guy, Jody James, who is the man for uh, OBR or OB Revenge. And I know many of you out there are familiar with that distro. It's an arch-based distro. And we got to spend some time with Jody and get some real insight as to what he's been working on and kind of changes that are coming. So uh should be a great show, Rocco. Let's get to it. Let's do it. Welcome, Jody, to Destination Linux. Hey, thank you. It's uh, it, I'm happy to be here. You know, honestly, knowing some of the other guests that you guys have had, when you asked me, I was really honored, and uh, I had to look around a little bit, and I was wondering if I was being punked. Uh, <laughs> I don't really feel like I'm I'm the, I'm the caliber of some of the other folks that have been on here, but I'm it's I'm happy to be here. Well, Jody, it's it's awesome to have you on Destination Linux. You and I, when um, Linux Quest kind of first kicked off, you and I had an opportunity to chat and. Uh, but you've done a tremendous amount of work on OBR since you and I first uh, had our chat. And uh, But for those people out there who maybe they, they don't know who you are uh, or why you kind of got into developing OBR or OB Revenge, uh, if you want to touch on that, I think that would be great just to give people an idea um, how you kind of got into this and started developing. Uh, sure. Uh you know, getting into Linux for me, I, I guess we can all thank uh, Windows 10 uh, for that one. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, and I, I, matter of fact, I think when we spoke before, I'd mentioned that. It really, what prompted it, it was a Windows 10 update made my laptop that I use daily almost unusable. And uh, so I, I started looking for alternatives and um, watched a lot of YouTube videos uh, and uh, decided to uh, to try Linux. I um, installed my very first Linux distribution in, uh, I believe it was December of 2015. Um, it was around then. I know it was around Christmas time, around the holidays. And um, it was Ubuntu uh, with the Unity desktop. I know I hate on Unity a lot. But wow. it, uh, <laughs> and really, you know, it, back then, it, I thought it was awesome. And, you know, it, it, even Unity as it was ran better than Windows 10 did on that machine, which is the same one I'm, you know, talking to you on now. Um but, uh, you know, from there, I guess I kind of jumped in with both feet. I, I didn't have any de- development experience at all. You know, the, the only introduction at that point that I had to even open source was through Android, which I know you guys talked about a lot about that, you know, on the, the, the custom ROMs and things like that. Never on the development end, though. You know, I, I was an enthusiastic user, I guess you would say. But um, that's what got me into Linux. And then... Uh, I wanted to learn as much as I could. It was just a really cool community the more I got into it. Um, and uh, some great YouTubers. You know, uh, neither one of you guys really had channels up and around about that time, but there were some great ones. Uh, Joe Collins, and I know uh, one of your previous guests, uh, AJ Rizek. Uh I think I've watched almost all of the videos they've put out. <laughs> and, uh, Same. And, and, and really, really wanted to, to learn. I mean, it was just really cool to me. So um, Now i got to I got to ask you this, though. So you started out with Ubuntu. How did you go from Ubuntu over to the Arch world? It was almost like a personal challenge. It was uh, Arch was supposed to be difficult, and so uh, it was it was 
the more I read about or heard about Arch being a, a pain to install and to work with, it was kind of like challenge accepted. You know, I, I, <laughs> it, it really it was just fun. You know, I remember the the first day that I decided I was going to install Arch Linux the Archway. Um, I sat down and did it about six times. Uh, you know, and the first three wouldn't boot, <laughs> but. Yeah. Uh, but you know the it, once I got it, you know it, it, then I started doing it. This will tell you how much of a nerd I really am. Just the other day, I realized that I hadn't installed Arch Linux the Archway in months. Uh, you know, with with other things, of course. Now, you know, with the the, the installers and stuff, you know. But um, I sat down just because I hadn't done it and and did it in a virtual machine just to remind myself how to do it for fun. And that that's the nerd that you're talking. <laughs> <laughs> That's your uh, Saturday afternoon, huh? I guess so. Well, you know, the, the, the kids were gone, uh, the wife was at work, and, you know, I, I guess there were worse things I could have been doing, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, but anyway, uh, I guess development-wise, uh, I started with just some simple shell scripts, you know, and the more I learned that, that hey, I can, I can actually make things work on here, you know, and I really kind of jumped into it and moved into more code in Python and, and um, moving now more towards C uh, as, as, as a compiled language. Uh, and um, the more I learn, the more I find that I have to learn, so I'm, I'm still working on that. But uh, it's... Uh, uh, Actually, putting together a distribution, you know, the, the the initial goal really was I wanted to put together an Arch Linux installer, uh, basically a script more than anything else to install Arch Linux, and and then I got into some of the build tools, and and before you know it, you know, I had an actual booting, you know, Arch Linux spin at that point, and uh, it just kind of took off from there. I wanted to see what all I could kind of put together into it, and I guess. I actually looked this up because I was curious. The uh, the first upload to SourceForge uh, for OBR was in uh, July of 2016, so just this last July. So you know the, the the entire project's less than a year old now. It's still you know more or less in its infancy, but I think we're off to a, a pretty good start. Yeah, without a doubt. Now between the uh, Ubuntu, your first dive into Linux, and then dipping into arch and taking that challenge did you do much distro hopping or was it okay i've seen ubuntu now it's time just to jump right over to arch i tried every distro that i could uh, and now uh, it, it might have just been it might have just been for an hour i mean uh, that, i was i needed the hotline at that point uh, was, <laughs> um, but yeah i mean i tried uh, if you you name it I, I probably tried it you know um I really kind of fell in love with the archway of doing things. Uh, well, some of it, anyway. Uh, there are some that through OBR I'd like to uh, try to improve on somewhat, anyway. Uh, but uh, uh, and nothing against Arch, you know. They, they it's an awesome distribution. It's an awesome base. Uh, but there are a, a few things that I would like through OBR. I'd like to try to help improve some of the user experience and, and make things a little bit easier. And I think we've accomplished some of that already and there's still a lot of work to be done now my last run with obr you had kind of eliminated some redundancies in some of the apps that were doing you know pulling the same role and right. it felt like you had really pulled a lot of things together um and I've, certainly from the aesthetic standpoint i mean it's just an awesome to me it looks like a man's distro 
<laughs> you know, <laughs> just, well, absolutely. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah, jeez. <laughs> so, but but no, it was looking great, and just and and I know even from just past uh, month or two, you've been hard at work on some some other things. So so right now we're looking at uh, still using the open uh, open box environment. Yeah. Okay. When is the release of the KDE version? You know, I've been working on that, and it, 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 uh, the funny thing is, with every update, it just keeps crashing. So I can't. Yeah, right. <laughs> All right, we'll leave that one go. <laughs> well, and see what Jody's not telling us—that's because he's using KDE four point four. Right, that's what it is. He's definitely not trying out Plasma 5, because that wouldn't happen. <laughs> Absolutely. There's the problem. I, uh, I just know. So, so the, uh, your last point release was when, Jody? Uh, it was last month, or actually the very beginning of this month. I try to put out an updated uh, image and updated ISO every, uh, every month, approximately. There's not a set release time. Uh, it's more of a when it's ready <laughs> yeah but uh and i don't like to try to pin down a certain time because if i don't feel like it's ready then i'm not going to upload it it's not going to be released um the and and you know uh, i've worked really hard at this point to keep it as rolling uh, just like the arch Linux space that it's built on as possible um and uh planning on implementing a few things to try to enhance that even more you know that occasionally there's a few features that I wasn't able to build into an update, uh, so you'd have to actually, you know, install a new image uh, to to get those features. And I'm really trying to to try to remedy that. Um, I'm looking at uh, actually creating a few more packages that 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 include a, a few things that were initially hard coded into the image, so that those can be updated through package updates rather than uh, rather than having to to install a new image. If that makes sense. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. Now, from a standpoint of speed, that was one of the things that I've always been impressed with with OBR is how fast it is. And, you know, I, I don't run tests, but I just do, like yourself, I've run so many distros, you just kind of get a feel for how things are. And has that always been kind of your main focus? Hey, I want this thing to always be fast. Absolutely. And and part of it, I mean, part of it building this thing was, was more or less out of necessity for me. This is the type of system that I need uh, because uh, I don't have high spec hardware. And so uh, the fast tends to be a, a byproduct of, of low resource usage uh, more than anything else, you know, and uh, that's one of the reasons for it, it you know, I, with OBR, you'll notice now it's running on top of the OpenBox window manager. Uh, but OpenBox being really just a window manager, it's not a desktop environment. So it, that's the base uh, of the uh, desktop environment. But the the entire desktop environment is kind of built up from there, and, and it's really customized. You know, you'll you'll see the typical uh, OpenBox install. And then you see OBR, and they're a lot different. You know, this is right. uh, this is a a very customized, uh, very customized desktop experience. And you know, most of the applications have been handpicked uh, from other desktop environments or other applications that come default. And the the others are you know are written specifically for OBR, uh, like the the control panel and things of that nature. So um, it it 
trying to bring it together in a, a cohesive experience, but then also really building a, a unique experience. It's not it's not an experience you can get by installing XFCE or installing LXDE. Those are great desktop environments, but you can't really duplicate the same experience you get with OBR or with one of those because it, it it's it's very customized. Well, that's without a doubt. And one of the things that's always stood out to me is the uh, panel switcher, you know. Um, and it, it's a little reminiscent of the uh, Mate uh, mm-hmm. tool set where you can go in and change there. But also the way you've gone in and, and added tabs for the various categories under the control panel and everything. Right, right. You know, and that uh, the panel switcher, something to mention on that is that, you know, with the uh, – I think you were talking about like you know mate the the mate tweak where you can change the panels up. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, that's a great tool, but in in the end, what you've got there is is the mate panel with a bunch of pre-configurations. So it, uh, they configure it to emulate other looks. And uh, with with OBR, when when you pull up the panel switcher and you switch, say, if you run the XFCE4 panel and you decide you want to run the MATE panel, well, you actually change from the XFCE4 panel to the actual MATE panel. It's not uh, it's not an XFCE4 panel that's been configured to look like the MATE panel. It is actually the MATE panel. You know, wow. and the same thing's true with, with LXDE, the LXDE panel, and the and uh, the tent. Of course, the tent 2 panel is kind of a standalone that, that you see a lot with OpenBox anyway. But... Um, and that's something that I it, it it's a kind of a way to emulate sort of other desktop experiences all within one place. Um, once again, because of uh, of how I work, I get bored. <laughs> uh, I you know I like to change things up. So uh, and when I'm ready to change things up, I didn't want to have to reinstall a whole new desktop environment. So. Um, you yeah, were trying to curb actually, your own distro hopping ways, weren't you? A, a little bit, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> and, and, and hopefully there are some other folks that find that uh, useful as well. Uh, you know, the pre-configured layout section is actually something I just pushed out an update to yesterday. There, now there's a, a kind of a GNOME-ish pre-configured layout uh, where at the top left, uh, if you click on there, you actually get a GNOME-ish style overview look. You know, so it kind of changes things up a little bit uh, even more it's it needless to say it's constantly still under development well you've put a lot of effort into not only putting stuff like the desktop switcher in but the welcome screen itself um the hardware configurator where you know you pick your nvidia drivers or whichever hardware drivers you have i mean there's a lot of work that you put into this that makes it different from just a vanilla arch distribution Right. Yeah, and it, it's something that those are the things that I think try to, they kind of make something unique, uh, and they make it just that. It's not that a user can't go out and and you know figure out how to do these things and pull up a terminal and do that. It's not that I don't think they have the ability, but even me, I mean, I know that I can do it, but I still, when I'm setting up a system, if I'm setting up drivers or things, I'll still tend to, to use the GUI you know if it's available so um it's it's more of a convenience thing but some of those little touches i think really do make a difference well it reminded me more of and this i think is these are the only two distros i think i could compare um from the tool set perspective and and that's what i've always called them are tool sets to where if you need to do this here's a gui to do it and you put it in place and that's mx16 mx16 and OBR, I think, are set up in a similar way that here it is all laid out for you. 
And there's a lot to be said for that, especially from a new user perspective, because let's face it, it's not easy to go in and learn all the various terminal commands and read through everything you got to read through to do it from the terminal, you know? Right. And, and that's true. And, um, MX 16 is a great distro. Uh, I've installed it and used it myself. Yeah. I, I, you know, I have to admit, I, I, there's always one partition running OBR. However, <laughs> uh, I, I still, you know, I still like to look around. I install other distros and see what they're doing. And, you know, sometimes gather some inspiration and sometimes just, wow, you know, how did they do that? And, um, MX 16 is really one of those. They, they do a great job over there. Yeah. Um, and you know, the, um, uh, like you were talking about, you know, looking up and 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 finding out how to do things. The uh, you know, it, the people will talk about the Arch Wiki and how great it is, and truly it is. I mean, it, it's one of the greatest resources. I'm on it all the time. <laughs> but um, for a newer user, it might as well be in you know Swahili or something. I mean, it, honestly, it's it's not for a brand new user. And I remember when I was brand new, they would, people would say, look at the arch wiki and I would try to look it up and it did me no good at all. I needed, you know, more guidance that I didn't understand the terminology. I didn't understand what they were saying. Uh, now, obviously I, I look it up and it helps me a lot, but for a newer user, that type of stuff is, is still difficult. Um, so I think it's important for newer users to have access to some of those tools uh, that, that really helps them out in setting things up and, and helps with their experience. Well, I think that's what OB Revenge hits. It hits that that mark where you have newer users who, okay, you're not going to take a brand new Windows user and put them on OB Revenge or right. any Arch distribution. But anybody that's ran a Linux distribution at all can now take OB Revenge and install basically an Arch distribution and at least go through and have all of these tools to help them out. Like I said, the welcome screen, the uh, the uh, hardware drivers, the what Rob was talking about with the uh, Windows switcher, all of these things that they would have to do manually, they can actually do and perform, and it allows them to use an Arch distribution and maybe even learn to then go through it and do it manually. But it allows them to ease into it. Yeah, it it. I'm really glad to hear you say that because that's that's really one of the goals of of the project. You know, is is that I understand that LBR at least at this point especially is is kind of a niche distribution. It's not for the brand new Linux user, uh, but it, it's more for the user that maybe new to Arch type user. Uh, you know, a, a user that's been on something else, maybe Ubuntu, Linux Mint, something like that, that maybe want to try an Arch based system. And um, I think that's that's kind of the target audience, at, at least at this point, you know. And um, but hearing you say that, really, I mean, that's great because that's really the target of what we're looking for is is somebody who's maybe wanting to get into the Arch ecosystem, so to speak, and and uh, you know f- trying to find a little bit easier way into it. Yep. Well, Jody, uh, put you on the hot seat just a little bit. So uh, you, you don't quit working on this. I know that uh, from time to time you'll shoot me a message. Hey, we're doing this. Check this out. So what do you what is there anything you'd like to share as to what you've got plans for or anything new coming on with OBR or anything you're working on that you'd like to talk about? Uh- Sure. I, you, if you leave it open like that, we might be here all day. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, I actually have an update that, I, that I'm, I'm thinking about calling it the, uh, the Linux and other stuff update because it specific, specifically has to do with Compass. 
Um, yeah, there. I've actually, and other than the, I believe his name's Dave. Great Dave. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, he, <laughs> the guy cracks me up. He he spent a, he did a whole series on putting. I think it was three or four videos on putting compas on OBR. Right. Uh, because. Technically, it just doesn't work. A lot of people have asked me about it uh, over you know the last few months about how to do that because you know they want the compass eye candy and whatnot. And uh, my answer was always just uh, no, it just it won't work. And 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 the thing of it is, is it because OBR is built on the open doc open box window manager. It's an open box session. Uh, it's not another desktop session running open box. It's it's an actual open box session. And compass itself is a window manager. So. You can't have two of them running at the same time. Uh, when you try to start it up, it just crashes. But um, over the last couple of months, I've actually got Compiz up and running on OBR, just to contradict myself. Uh, we, uh, the, way, the way it will, will technically work is they won't run at the same time, but you'll be able to check uh, a box on login, like you would for a different desktop environment, but you'll be able to check at the top, you know, the top right which window manager you want to run that session, uh, either OpenBox or Compass. Um, and the hard part of that wasn't really setting up Compass to work, because that's basically setting up Compass to work as a standalone window manager similar to OpenBox. Um, the hard part was, was continuity. Uh, I refused to put it out and to call it done until it was, you had the same experience either way. Uh, basically, I, I, we, I didn't want to compromise the experience just to have a different window manager and some more eye candy. So we um, have really worked hard on making sure that, that it, the continuity is there. You know, if you make a change, say, with the panel switcher in an open box session and then you log out and log into Compass, the change stays the same. You know, if you set up settings, it's, it basically behaves as the same desktop environment. You're just changing out the window manager. And so that, that's one update that should be coming, you know, hopefully next month or so. Man, that's um, pretty huge, actually. I mean, to go from it just couldn't happen to now it's a reality. Well, well there's a will, there's a way. It was, it was kind of one of those deals. Uh, it was one of those deals where, again, challenge accepted, you know. Uh, but we, I say we, you know, I spent most of the time on it, but there are a couple of guys helping me out a little bit more now. But we, uh, I've spent, spent, quite a bit of time on it trying to trying to get it to work correctly you know even up to the, the what you consider the open box menu when you right click on the desktop and you get all the application menu that'll be there when you're running comp is it's, it's pretty much going to be a consistent environment either way so um and then dave can have his eye candy so uh, yeah, hopefully, hopefully <laughs> so you've got to call this the laos edition that's right I, it, you know it may, uh, we may do it and there's actually going to be a package in in our repo in our repository that uh is a basically a compatibility package and i was going to name it the linux and other stuff dave's ob revenge compass compatibility package <laughs> <laughs> uh, so. Oh boy, that's he'll love great. it. He'll love it. But yeah, and uh, I, I, hopefully he watches this and he he, he takes uh, takes this lot hardly. He does a great job. I, oh, yeah. I, I watch a lot of his videos, you know. But uh, he cracked me up with that boy. He he went as far as to install a whole new desktop environment over the top of OBR just to get Compass running. It was it was wow. But, um, along the lines of, of some other stuff, I'm actually working on uh, another installer. Uh, Rocco <laughs> had an experience earlier today, I believe, with uh, with the Calamaris installer that didn't yep. work out so well. And that um, has been a problem 
for a few folks. The uh, the Calamaris installer generally about 90% of the time is great. It installs uh, you know without an error, without a problem, um, and it's not just on LBR. You know the I know I've seen issues with with other distributions using it as well. And yeah. Um, the Calamaris team does an awesome job, by the way. You know, that, that's a distribution agnostic installer that these guys have made modular enough that it can be used and, and really, really customized. So I, I wouldn't take anything away from them at all. Um, and OBR will continue to offer the Calamaris installer. However, I'm, I'm working on another option there. Um, the, what, most likely, the finished option will be more of an online installer. Uh, that you'll have an option when you boot up the ISO uh, when you want to install that you can use the Calamaris installer and install it as, as you have been, or you can use an online installer that, that of course, you'll have to be online, but uh, it will download all the packages fresh uh, so that, you know, when you, you're finished installing and reboot, you don't have 186 updates waiting for you, you know. Well, that's kind of like um, an Interagus-type install. It is, it is, uh, and uh, except... <laughs> With, it'll work a little bit differently because Antergos has so many different variables with the different desktop environments that um, they've got a lot to worry about there. Uh, that's another team that honestly does a, a fantastic job. Um, but a lot of the, the issues that I've seen coming with their installations from time to time have to do with all the different things they have to deal with to provide all the options that they do. Uh, the, the one for OBR is going to be obviously a, a bit more specified. So I, I, I feel comfortable that when it's ready, it should be, should be pretty, pretty safe to use. Man, that'll be exciting to see for sure. But it won't offer multiple desktop environments like KDE. <laughs> no, but there is uh, there is the revenge installer that is out there. If you're interested in a, in a, I I actually have used that and that worked out pretty well. I'm glad to hear that. You know that that's another kind of a, a little I call it a side project, but you know, shoot, it gets about as many downloads or more than OBR does. People people seem seem to like it. Uh, that that's one that. It, uh, for folks that don't know it, it, it installs basically vanilla Arch Linux on your system, kind of in the in the vein of the old Architect installer or the Feliz installer that you can get now, and, and Arch Anywhere and some of those. It provides a little bit more of a graphical environment that, rather than being console based, which makes some people a little bit more comfortable. But um, uh, it, that project really is something I did solely just to try to get back to the community, to try to help some folks out that wanted to get into Arch. Um, it, I probably don't spend quite as much time with it as i should when i first started it it was it was one of those projects where i thought you know i've installed arch a hundred times i can write out something to do to do this how hard could it be you know and i've regretted that man that's a very bad question how hard <laughs> yeah, it be? that's right <laughs> it is it took it took months to, to get that to get that right of course working on it off and on but it it's finally to a point where i feel like it, it does its job pretty well uh of course right about the time we released it arch linux did a huge xor server update and changed a lot of the x drivers the the video drivers and so i'm scrambling as soon as it's released to go back and try to make corrections so people you know actually have a system that boots when they're done but i guess it's just kind of how it goes with arch oh yeah so what's the uh, latest kernel that you're running? Or is that something you're always updating as well in a rolling kind oh, of Oh, absolutely. Yeah, you know, we're on the, the 4.10 series, and I believe I can't remember the, the latest one that, it, that, that it's on right now. But pretty much the, the latest Arch kernel is what you're going to get with OBR, uh, you know, with, with each release as it is. Uh, now, if you, when you install it, uh, 
if there's a newer kernel out for Arch, you'll you'll be getting that one as you update. So I mean, it's um, and that's one of the great things with Arch is that it, uh, you know you, it stays pretty cutting edge as far as those things. Now that can sometimes be a double-edged sword, as we all know. Right. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, but brings me to another topic actually that I wanted to kind of to kind of throw out there, and this is a little bit more of a long-term goal. But uh, there are a couple of really two issues that I see when people getting into an Arch-based distribution. Um, one of them, as far as Arch itself, is difficulty installing. You know, the, a lot of people have a hard time trying to, to install Arch if they even try it, you know, because it's it's intimidating, you know. And it, that's something that hopefully OBR and, you know, and other Arch-based distributions have uh, addressed. But I feel like OBR, we've, we've addressed the installation issue, but it's not too hard to get it installed, except for Rocco earlier. I'm sorry, man. But, <laughs> it's all good. But... Um, the other issue that you see with a lot with Arch-based distributions is, you know, to put it in one word, is stability. But where the stability issues come up are generally in the update process. And you either get an update that, for some reason or another, causes something to break on your system, which is actually a little bit more rare now than, than what it used to be. Or you get an update that breaks other updates you know there's an update there's file conflicts and you can't update your system something's broken i think we've all seen that yep uh i check every morning the arch website because of the arch linux base that lbr is on and look for you know basically the announcements and every time i see an announcement that has the words manual intervention in the update process my heart sinks because I know Google Plus is about to explode, the forum's going to go crazy. Uh, but of course, it's always a base package that's included in OBR. And so, long term wise, something that I'd really like to be working on is, is I think it would be great. Is there are other distributions who have tried to solve this problem basically by creating by throwing everything into their own repositories and holding those packages back until they felt that they were more stable. And, you know, just an example is another great team is Manjaro. That's that's basically how they work things is, you know, uh, you're getting basically the Arch packages more or less, except they get held back and they, they recompile them, put them in man, the Manjaro repo and, and do more testing with them. And, of course, they'll make a few adjustments and stuff for, for Manjaro, and then, then they get pushed out. Another option, and, and there's nothing wrong with that at all, however, for OBR and the size of team that we're working with was most of the time is me doing all of all of that packages and, and that represents a huge duplication of work because I'm generally going to be using all those all the same Arch Linux based packages anyway. Um, I would rather look at more controlling the update process um, so that when there's a package, if if I can control that update process and specifically when the updates come out and say there's one of those dreaded manual intervention updates that comes out where you're going to have to delete this file and change this before you can update and then stop in the middle and, and all that stuff. If I can control that update process, then I can make it to where I can automate that for the end user so that by controlling that update process, I don't necessarily have to recompile those packages myself but I can take care of those issues for the user because I'm controlling how the update is going out to the user. Uh, I can package 
scripts, other packages with that, that come out and take care of those manual intervention problems as they come out. So the user doesn't, doesn't really know the difference. Um, we can also look at, basically what I'm looking at is our own update application. Rather than using, you know, PAMAC Updater, which does a great job. Inter, uh, introducing an OBR update application that would, number one, you could schedule when you want to check for updates, you know, because with Arch, you're looking at updates daily, but you can set it up to check daily. You could set it up to check weekly, monthly, however you, however you like it. And it would, it would basically phone, that application would phone home back, back to us and see when it's safe, kind of a safe updater process to go ahead and, and bring in those updates. And when it when it is safe, and when I say safe, that we've determined that you know these updates aren't going to cause a problem, and if there is anything that needs intervention, we can package that up and send it out to the user. Then we push out those updates and or basically push out a notification. Hey, you know, bring in these updates and we're ready to go. So that's something that I'm looking at trying to uh, to implement into OBR uh, in, over the next you know, a few months or so is, is basically more of a safe updater process to take some of those worries away from the end user about the manual intervention issues. And, you know, you're, you're trying to update your system and you get issues that come up, you know, these file conflicts and things that occasionally happen with Arch, you know. And so I, I think that would be a step, another step towards making this a bit more u- new user friendly. Are you talking about like what happened? I think it was a couple of weeks ago, maybe a week ago or less, where there was an update that had a conflict and you actually needed to go in and put a terminal command in to resolve it before you could actually update right and and that's an example of of, of what i'm talking about with these these file conflicts and occasionally you know uh, there'll be updates that break other packages and we can try to help correct this through the update process rather than or by controlling the update process and sending out tools and packages to help correct those file conflicts and to help correct the issues that cause the broken packages uh, before they actually get out to the end user. So basically the update would come out, you wouldn't push it out, then you would wait for the, the fix that actually came out, the terminal command, and the update manager would actually initiate that command and then allow the system to update. Correct. We would, we would push out basically uh, a a script or, or however it would work it is that the update manager would take care of the manual intervention, the, the deleting the files, or, or like you said, it would take care of the conflicts for the user so that we don't have to worry about, uh, as a user at that point, having to check the, the ArchLinks website daily and see why, you know, there's a problem with this update or why this stopped working or, or what's, what's wrong with that. Right. Jody, I think you've touched on then the, the next question I had for you, which was, What's the hardest part about, you know, creating and maintaining your own distro like that? You know, probably the hardest part is 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 more on the support end as far as there is so much hardware out there and there are so many possible issues. And generally speaking, when, when somebody comes and contacts us through the forums or through Google+, Plus, we're, we're generally able to help them out. Uh, you know, we're most, most of the time, and I, I try to stay pretty active on those. You know, there's another guy uh, named Josiah that helps me out a lot on the social networking, the forums. Uh, and, and most of the time, we're able to, uh, to try to help out with those problems. Occasionally, there's just some hardware issues and things we can't overcome. But 
excuse me, those those are the uh, the frustrating issues that uh, we really want to overcome. Because you know, if somebody wants to install OBR, by golly, I want them to have the opportunity. You know, I want it absolutely. To so yeah. So that's that's something that uh, that is is one of the more difficult parts. The actual development, honestly, I, is what I enjoy. Uh, putting it together and, and trying to make things work, you know, kind of like we were talking about confidence earlier. It's it's a challenge, and that's that's what I enjoy. That's that's the fun part to me. Yeah. So I'm gonna shoot uh, Dave over at Linux and other stuff a message and just ask him to do a video on putting KDE on OBR. <laughs> <laughs> and just maybe it'll happen. <laughs> it absolutely might. Oh boy. So. Um, Let's see. You you are now on DistroWatch. Yes, is that correct? You're you're listed on DistroWatch. You're right under Linux Mint. Last time I looked. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> Rob <laughs> checks DistroWatch every day. You know. <laughs> <laughs> but no, your your user base has grown quite a bit over the last six what six seven months. You've probably seen quite the spike, haven't you? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, the, the user base is growing and, and it's growing some in popularity and, you know, and that's great to see. Uh, but it's it's kind of like I, I was talking to somebody, I guess, on Google Plus a while back. I, I've kind of decided that I, it doesn't matter to me if, you know, two people are using it or 200,000 people are using it. You know, as long as people are finding it useful and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep working on it because, it, like I said, that's the fun part to me. Um, the And the Linux community has done a whole lot for me to help me out with uh, with everything they've taught me. And so if I can give back with, you know, a distribution that helps other folks out or, or an installer script that helps people out, then, then that's what I want to do. Oh, that's awesome. So have you had an opportunity to, like, out of the blue with friends or family or extended family, you know, you come through that scenario where they go, man, this last Windows update, who's my system? Can you help me out? And then you've got that opportunity to say, "Hey, try this." Yeah, I actually have. I have. There, there was a, a guy that I work with that I actually mentioned that to. Now, I did not put him on OBR. Uh, I put him on a, a, a actually Linux Mint. And after showing him around some of the others that to, to start off with, I'm going to keep working on him though. He'll be an arch guy before long. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a gratif- that's a gratifying feeling. It. I mean, did he like it? Was he? taken to it or actually very pleased you know and he was a lot like a lot of users is that he, he primarily used his machine for you know email browsing the web for, for light tasks but kind of kind of ended up in the same boat that that i did and that you know that windows 10 update just kind of tanked his his, his computer it, it, it tanked his pc to where he couldn't really use it and uh we turned it into a linux box and it's been working for him really well so that's a great feeling isn't it it, it really is. And now, if I can only get my wife to install Linux, we'll be all right. Wow. Yeah, I still, <laughs> Rob, you're my, you are, Rob, you are my hero. I've seen those videos, getting your wife on, uh, I think it was Ubuntu Mate. Uh, yep. Excellent job. Uh, if you have any tips, let me know. Well, I was going to say, let me have my wife talk to your wife, and maybe you know how it is. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. So... Well, so uh, have you got a? I know you said it's ready when it's ready, but uh, are we talking a couple weeks out to your next point release, or uh, most likely a week or two from 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 this point? You know, it, it's it's pretty close. You know, uh, there there are some some transitioning things that I'm doing just in the way that I build 
the ISOs and the way we're building the images, but the, uh, we're, we're pretty close. So I, I was actually working on it earlier today, and I'm, I'm feeling pretty confident with it. I think by next week or the week after, we should be in good shape. Oh, that's awesome. Well, that, that'll be one to try. You know, about every week, maybe every other day, I get an itch, you know, and I'm looking for a reason to try something. So uh, <laughs> look forward to it. <laughs> well, anything else you want to share, Jody, or, or discuss about? Uh, you know, I, I, not specifically as far as OBR, you know, if there's something else that you guys had. But, uh, Rocco, I do have a question for you. You, um, you go right ahead, man. Ever since I watched the first video on your YouTube channel, I wanted to ask you this. Oh my you gosh. have like the smoothest voice over the recording that I've ever heard. <laughs> do you do any jazz DJ work or anything? You know, this, no, you know. man, no. As a matter of fact, you know, I was listening the other day to like some of the earlier videos that I did, and one thing was I started out with a headset mic, and two, okay. when I started out using a regular mic i was always recording at night and there's oh. you know other people in the house so i'm like talking real soft and i'm like and i'm and i now i listen to them videos i'm like why am i talking like that <laughs> <laughs> and, and i don't mean to make fun what, I, what i'm thinking is you know i could hear it now this is hey yeah Hey, this is Rocco on Soft Jazz one ninety one. So what you're saying is I could get a job in radio. There you go. I think so. I think well, I think so. Absolutely. You let the execs know, and then we'll talk. All right. <laughs> all right. All right. Well, Jody, and I agree with you. He does have that great jazz radio voice. You know, it's mm-hmm. luckily oh, luckily we got him on the radio or on the uh, Linux side. So. I, I'm, yes, absolutely. And Rob, I noticed uh, you know not too long ago that you you passed uh, five thousand subscribers on the YouTube channel. Man, that's yes, sir. awesome. Thank that's you awesome. very it much. Like it really wasn't even that long ago that I was sending you a message to congratulate you on about half that. You know, and it, the, the channel's been uh, been doing great. So uh, you guys do great work, and I really enjoy the podcast. So so thank you. Well, we appreciate that immensely. And you know, um, you developers are a huge part of our channels growing because without those new releases and all the hard work you guys are doing, we have nothing to talk about. You guys are doing all the hard work, you know, Rocco and I just sit back and talk about it. So, yep. <laughs> well, Jody, thank you so much, man. We appreciate it. And I know many of the listeners and viewers are going to love hearing from you. And I know many of them have tried OBR. So this is always awesome to get that kind of inside scoop and then, put a face with the uh, developer name and all that good stuff. So thank you so much. Absolutely. It was a pleasure, guys. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Jody.